Detective Chief Inspector Bixby, the thin man introduced himself. And this is Detective Inspector Pierce, who will be in charge of the case under my direction. I've already made the acquaintance of Mrs. Truin and the delightful Teasel. He handed the end of the string to Eleanor. So I'd be grateful if the rest of you would be so kind as to give us your names. Having spoken, Bixby crossed to the counter, sat down on the stool, and proceeded to read Roscoe's report. While D.I. Pierce, a pale, plump man in heavy, black-rimmed glasses, took down Marjorie's name and address, Eleanor went to sit on the chair by the window, close to Nick. He put his hand on her shoulder and gave a slight squeeze, whether for comfort or warning she couldn't tell. Teasel sat in front of her, looking up, hopefully. D.C. Wilk separated from the group of large men, a mixture of detectives and uniformed officers, who had entered after Pierce. He came over, and Teasel immediately transferred her hopes to him. When he squatted down, she put her forefeet on his massive thigh, so that she could reach to nose at his jacket pocket. He laughed. Hungry, eh? Well, you're in luck. He took out a square package wrapped in wax paper. Ham and cheese, do you? I'd better take out the pickle. He looked up at Eleanor and whispered, In hot water again, eh, Mrs. Truin? That's la vie for you, as the frogs say. Please don't tell Mr. Bixby it's again, she whispered back. He winked. Grateful for his sympathy, as well as his sandwich, she persuaded him to give the little dog no more than a quarter of the latter. And perhaps you'd better take the top bit of bread off. I'd hate her to be sick on Sergeant Roscoe's floor after he so kindly let us go out. Wilkes took out a pocket knife. With the aid of the window ledge and Nick, he managed to cut off one half of the sandwich in half. Rather messily. While they were at it, Eleanor listened to Stella arguing with D.I. Pierce about whether she should be addressed as Miss Weller or Miss Maris. Honestly, Stella, said Marjorie, exasperated, how can you make a fuss about your name when Jeff's lying murdered? Stella buried her face in her hands and said in a muffled voice, I just can't believe it. Marjorie put a comforting arm around her shoulders. Doug said plaintively, What I can't believe is that they're getting fed while we're starving. He was staring toward Eleanor. It's just the little dog, Wilkes told him, and hastily re-wrapped the rest of his sandwich while Nick fed the mangled quarter to Teasel. Eleanor glanced at DCI Bixby. He looked as if he wished he had never suggested offering Wilkes's sandwich to the dog. He called Sergeant Roscoe over to explain something in the report. Pierce had overruled Miss Stella Weller on the grounds that the police couldn't be expected to address her by her pseudonym while using her legal name in their reports as required by regulations. He was aided by the fact that she was now weeping copiously into his handkerchief. He wrote down Douglas Rosebeer's name and came over to Eleanor and Nick. Wilkes hastily rejoined the group of officers at the door. Your name, if you please, madam, Pierce asked. He seemed to favour his boss's soft-spoken approach. Eleanor Truin, Mrs. Would you mind spelling that for me? Eleanor complied. He wrote it down, then stared at what he'd written. Not, where do you live, Mrs. Truin? In Port Mabin. 
not by any chance at the Lunstar shop. I'm afraid so, she admitted. Now look here, said Nick angrily, just because... Hush, Nick. It's not as though I have a police record or anything. I desperately want to keep quiet. Pierce had turned to Nick. And according to what Sergeant Roscoe told us on the phone, you must be the person Miss Weller says stabbed the victim. Nick bowed. Nicholas Gresham, at your service. Port Mabin, Gresham's gallery next door to the Lunstar shop. Frowning, the inspector gave them both a slow, thorough scrutiny. Eleanor had to resist an urge to poke at her hair, sure she must look as if she'd been dragged through a bush backwards. Usually her white curls stayed reasonably tidy through thick and thin, in her opinion, if not in Jossie's, and she'd been in too much of a hurry to bother to check in the mirror in the loo.